Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I am doing something a little different today. Well, I do this on Patreon a lot, but I have a shirt mic on while I get work done because a lot of my work involves painting and using my hands. And I'm tired of this podcast going by the wayside because I just don't physically have time to sit down and do nothing else. So apologies if it sounds different or is a little off, but uh, you know, doing the best I can. I just uh, really wanted to talk about the latest and greatest in news. Not that it's been a great week by any stretch. I mean, I, for one, am just a, a cornucopia of uh, disappointing news. <laughs> this morning I got an email. Well, two things. Uh, this morning I got an email from Nextdoor. You know I love Nextdoor. Um, the, it's, an, it's the app for neighbors. Oh, I'm Kate Kennedy. <laughs> Like, let me tell you about my problems. <laughs> Screw the intro. I am Kate Kennedy, owner, founder of Be There in Five, new author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, which should come out today. But as I'll discuss later in my segment about my other disappointments, there was a shipping and air from the printer, and uh, we are not sure when the books will physically arrive. And my first uh, week, at least, will show up as my book being out of stock, which is, you know, real great for those numbers and algorithm, and I definitely have been keeping my cool about it, and totally chill, totally unbothered, and uh, I just, you know, really appreciate that so many people just do their goddamn job so well, like, <laughs> truly. I, the more, the longer I freelance, work for myself, work with different types of vendors in different types of industries, I wish I could say the common thread is like, oh, human nature, we're all nice, we're all hardworking, you know, we're all just trying to get by, doing our best. No. Uh, It just has made me realize how many people are just so bad at their jobs. And this is not about my publisher. There's an independent, like, third party that prints and ships, and then there's an independent third party that sells and distributes, and there's, like, so many people in the supply chain. The publisher has no control. But it's just like... I just, I don't get it. It's kind of like how I don't get contractors. Like, I've never renovated a house, but, like, you know, I feel so bad because all the bloggers complain about how their house isn't ready to move into and they have this, like, new construction. They're like, I'm just dying to get into my secret garden. My kids need that playhouse. It's an exact replica of our house in their third playroom. My sister-in-law brought up a good point about Rachel Parcell that, like, she has so many conversation areas in her house and she's so right. They're just, like... Rooms with stunning, like, settees and bookshelves of coffee table Tom Ford books, but it's like a functionless room. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, the life, the life. But anyways, whenever these bloggers are complaining about, you know, the contractor delays or Jeff Lewis has so many issues with his contractors, they're like, literally everybody I know who's ever renovated a home has trouble. And I'm just like, man, why, why is it just normal and expected for them to be awful at their jobs and to have horrible delays? Why isn't that margin of error baked in to the time estimate, you know? 
it's just it's just interesting, I, especially coming from um, a business process improvement background where we were calculating like the six sigma of processes, meaning like it basically it's 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 a whole methodology working to um, minimize the error rate, the defect rate. Um, in a particular like manufacturing process or it can be in kind of a more arbitrary process, but it, it's all designed around um, how to achieve as close to perfect as possible, minimize rework, minimize waste. And I'm just constantly astounded by how many industries are just, they, they are complacent with rework and complacent with waste. And I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I don't want to be disappointed by people, but like, just do your do do your job. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, my yeah, my book's late. Sorry about that. If you needed it by the time you get it, I will send you a signed copy, and I will do my best to get Tugboat's paw print on there. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I don't. Also, I don't want to be a person that just like only complains, but. Um, you know, I find my, my better episodes are usually when I'm in kind of a bad mood because I have no one to vent to. And, you know, if you're here, I assume that uh, you're, you're a willing participant in this conversation. If not, maybe skip ahead a bit until I get to more topics. But um, anyway, my I get an email from Nextdoor. Nextdoor is like the Facebook for neighborhoods. It's a social network just in your local area. Let me make sure this is still recording. Good times. Um, it's a social network for your neighborhood, and it's hilarious because it's like, uh, if it, it, you know, no offense to older people, but it's like the people that are even too old to use and understand Facebook, they're on Nextdoor. So when you think of like old people on Facebook, like the hilarious memes you see of people just really not understanding that their, you know, status update isn't a private conversation or <laughs> that. Uh, when they leave a comment, you know, asking very personal information on somebody's post that it also isn't private or just in general, um, speaking out of turn or don't know how to turn off the caps lock. I mean, it really is glorious. And Nextdoor can get even worse. There hasn't been gems in a while. I shared a while back the drama of um, how, you know, this interior uh, designer dumped her trash in this man's backyard because his trash cans were slightly blocking her garage and he got it on his nest cam posted it on next door linked it on youtube somebody identified her face like blasted her name i mean it was it was awesome i had a great time um and there's also a, like a twitter account called best of next door that's so freaking funny and my favorite one is this lady <laughs> she clearly like Anyway, she she left like on this one post comment after comment after comment being like Somebody help, please This app keeps putting taking my photo every time I um, Send a comment and I don't know what to do. Oh, no, what did it again? Oh, no, what did it again? Does anybody else see this and she's like freaking out and, and What's happening is that every time she comments her profile photo <laughs> is showing and she doesn't understand that it's not a real-time photo of her which is hilarious for so many reasons because you know not only the, the concept in that she probably uploaded that photo I guess but also is the photo so bad that you can't distinguish the 
best photo you could put up of yourself versus how you look now. I, I would never confuse how I actually look with the photos I choose to present myself with. I, I am a headshot eight in a real life four. Anyway, so I get an email from next door and it was like, dead body found in um, XYZ, uh, like scrapyard on, you know, the north side or whatever. There's, uh, there's a bunch of different uh, scrapyards and like kind of industrial things around. We like industrial buildings which are usually kind of on the outskirts. We live in a converted factory. So, you know, that's why I have trouble walking the dog outside because I, I, I love where I live for convenience, but it's not exactly, you know, a, a walk in the park, no nature, no greenery, no nothing. I've, we play hopscotch with syringes. It's, it's like we're kind of on the border of the metaphorical tracks. And by tracks, I don't mean socioeconomic separation. I just mean like very industrial messy area versus really groomed neighborhood area. Of course, this particular one, uh, we were forced to walk by all the time. And every time I pass it, I think this reminds me of the butt kisses from It Takes Two, the foster parents that like, where they were like, they practically collect kids. And then you saw really like sad scenes of like all nine children doing manual labor and like moving around car tires in a scrapyard. Do you remember that? What city was that? Did that take place in? I don't even remember. I got to rewatch It Takes Two. I basically just copied The Parent Trap, but I'm sure I've talked about that many times because it's a cultural blind spot that I like to bring up often. But anyway, hold on, I got to switch rooms. <laughs> it is semi-close to this scrapyard where there was a dead body found. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, Tugboat and I definitely walked right past there right when that investigation was going on. I remember thinking, huh, that's a lot of policemen. Wonder what's going on. Must just be something domestic. Must, must just be a small traffic violation. Nope, cash dead body. Not, not always a great thing to wake up to. And then another post was like, this scrapyard is like polluting you and your children, if your children go to school or live anywhere near here, you must come to this town hall. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. This has been here forever. I'm sure the EPA comes around now and then. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. And, I, and it was just like a very scary message. So I'm like looking into this and it, what's, what I hate about the world, <laughs> sorry again, is the, the self-interest that is, that is just weaved woven into everything because basically there's this there's like a development people want to put in and then there's a big group that's resisting it and the developers want to get rid of the scrapyard so they can have the what's it called the the property and then there's people who are just like it's been here forever it's a local business whatever or they're not like they don't care if it stays or not but they're just not you know they're like whatever it's here um and like when you look into it, all of the people putting out the studies about the pollution levels and the danger to our children are from the developer. And then everybody else is like, I've lived here for 40 years. It's fine. But then like, if it actually is dangerous, I need to know. Like, please tell me. I don't want to be inhaling fumes. Tugboat, he, he's a brachio whatever dog that he has a short snout and he has a... Uh, you know, I don't want him to have trouble breathing. He doesn't seem to. Clearly, it's not slowing him down, even though it wouldn't hurt him. Um, I just am like, okay, it's so not cool if you just want to make money off this property and therefore you're spreading 
lies or convenient data with, with flattering denominators and you're scaring the crap out of all of us and making us take action over nothing just so you can like, you know, make a few bucks, make a lot of bucks, whatever. I'm just like, God, people are freaking terrible. I just don't understand what point a business person loses their conscience. At what point does a person, you know, not be able to get something and just moves on instead of manipulates the public. And that's why I hate politics. I just feel like it's a big game of manipulation and timing and convenient reveals and stuff that each side just does to each other to in in hopes of sabotage and I, i'm just i'm not into it at all i'm not here for it and i and i'm not here for it is a phrase i'm going to try to stop saying in 2018 i'm also um i've never used this word but i want other people to stop saying the word tribe and it's like tr- tribe is basically like squad for business women and they're like people are like find your tribe and i'm like i guess but also you know you can just have a friend group I mean, do we need to reinvent the wheel? I don't even have one of those. Um, So maybe I need a tribe. Sounds like, you know, something ceremonial happens. Also, is that not kind of offensive? My, um, a lot of people in my family went to William & Mary. It's a school in Virginia. And they used to be the tribe. But then they changed their mascot to Ebert because tribe was offensive. So Ebert is tribe spelled backwards. And it's a very strange mascot. It's kind of, you know, as strange as that weird, uh, Philadelphia, no, is it Pittsburgh ice hockey <laughs> mascot that everyone was laughing about a couple weeks ago? Um, yeah, so I'm kind of like, it's interesting because tribe is a word very much used by people who are otherwise quite woke about what is and isn't offensive. And I'm just curious if anybody has thoughts on that, if it's uh, going to become taboo. Because if so, a lot of people are going to need to archive their inspirational quotes and, you know. I want to be on the front lines of helping out fellow boss babes. Anyway, um, so yeah, woke up, dead body, air pollution, gonna die. Me, my dog, Greg, probably all perish because of this air pollution. Or we'll get a great new development that some guy that I imagine to be as evil as, you know, one of those condo developers on a Hallmark movie. Because, you know, God forbid you leave the town's treasured manor or plantation home or whatever it may be in this case i watched last week it was called pemberley manor lovely place it's always kind of a you know historic semi-victorian or colonial home that hasn't been occupied in years and has some long meaningful story and then the main character hasn't been back in years because she was you know tarnished by that one christmas that her family went to the tree farm and her favorite tree was taken brutally by another family. She never recovered. She moved to the big city and became obsessed with her career and hasn't been back since. And when she runs into her high school sweetheart at the manor, who is, you know, heartless sociopath who is going to tear down a now defunct building and put up, you know, turnkey hideous condos where they probably won't even put soft clothes on the cabinetry because they're cutting so many corners. I just, you know, my perfect job would be to get paid to, like, review Hallmark movies on YouTube. (laughs) But, like, YouTube's a thing where it's so much work, and it would be, like, is there anything sadder than, like, this, like, girl you came across once or twice, in this case it's me, who's, like, has a really vague job and, like, complains about her career, and then she decides her big move is to review movies that very few people already watch it's like oh gosh that's sweet that's uh that's definitely 
a wise career move. That's not niche at all. Oh, this past weekend, I watched The Haunting at Hill House or of Hill House, for Hill House. I don't know, guys. It's like, why do you want to be miserable for 10 hours? Like, I, I was so anxious and tense and waiting for something to pop out at me to see something I couldn't unsee at night. I just, I don't like to be scared. I don't like horror. I've talked about this with, like, murder things before and, like, medical shows. I just, like, don't... I just don't need to watch TV to feel worse. And I stand by my comment and I just, everybody said Haunting of Hill House was just like so good, such a revelation. Several people were like, it's This Is Us, but with like a few scary moments. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I'm like watching this and there's like, you know, the bent neck lady. I'm like, that is literally the opposite of Randall. Randall is a delight. He loves his family. He has a little trouble with anxiety, but he and Beth keep it sexy, keep it cool. They're really into each other. He, you know, loves his birth children, but is so into adopting Deja, who treats him horribly and just misses his father. He didn't get to know his whole life. Meanwhile, having extremely difficult racial tensions with his own family and mother and trying to get closer to Miguel right now, but that's hard because is he trying to replace her, his dad or is he just really trying to support the family? I, the jury's still out on Miguel, TBH. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not, this is us. Like, (laughs) I don't know. But basically what happens is I I get tipped off to a show that's popular. I want to be cool. I want to be culturally literate. I want to be part of what people are talking about, especially so I can talk about it on here. So I put it on. I end up not liking it. Greg gets attached and then I lose my husband for 12 hours that weekend. And then he's like, well, you shouldn't have started me on something I can't stop. And I got to say, I don't blame him because you know how that goes when you finally find something you actually want to binge watch and you're just like in this world where you're like, let's just knock it out. Let's relax. And like, not only is it not relaxing to watch, it's not relaxing to be in the other room in here because it has this very, these very like campy, um, old school type of um, noises, like just like drums. And like, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just like a very silent um, movie besides the dialogue. And then when something scary happens, it's like a screech noise and then it's off. And then, or like a bang and it's off, a knock and it's off. And then, so typically the way I can handle suspense is because of the music buildup, but this didn't really have a lot of music so much as just straight up sound effects. Um, yeah, I won't spoil it. I don't understand the ending. I don't understand the symbolism. And you guys know, I, 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 I think I said once my superhero name would be the fluctuator, but it also would be the reacher or the exaggerator. I, I, I can find meaning in anything. I, I can find the symbolism and depth in literally anything. I like deleted an Instagram story I was recording earlier where I was talking about how my reaction to stress is less, you know, manic productivity and more so just absolute paralysis and how I'm jealous of people that are able to channel their angst in a a more productive way. Um, But then I started talking about how like whenever I start to feel like a loss of control or super stressed out, like all I want is like buttered noodles and grilled cheese and how these foods represent a simpler time to me. And I think through the simple foods, I like am channel and I'm just like going and I'm like, shut your pie holes, shut your grilled cheese mouth. Like, and I deleted it. It was stupid. But that's what I mean. It's like I am always looking for a reason to, you know, therapize or make something about something it's not. And um, yeah. 
I, 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 that, the, the red room, like what? It's like all, it's confusing. It's very confusing. And it's, and it, it, and this is not a spoiler, but I think like a lot of it's kind of like a broader conversation about like, you know, mental health and things we go through, but like, and I'm all for that conversation, but I just don't see it. And I'm sorry if any of you are loving the series. I'm sorry if I'm discouraging you. If you like horror, I think it's really good. I mean, my husband is very, very picky. And the fact that he watched all episodes, uh, I think says a lot. I was, um, oh yeah, we're going to do a podcast together. People's, people's questions on Instagram were like so funny and random, really running the gamut. A few of you have never seen before, never DM me before, ask some very personal questions that I will not be answering, but you know what? I'm glad you care. I don't know if you're trolling me, but thanks for trying. And um, yeah, so anyway, what else is going on? Okay, uh, Caitlin and Sean, we talked about this on the podcast several weeks ago, if not months. Ever since she took off that engagement ring, I did not I did not buy the I want him to repropose story. She'd stopped wearing her ring around like July, August, because they never got like a real life proposal. She said, you know, that he always wanted to like do it himself in their way and kind of recreate the memory. They never felt like engaged. They were felt like they were kind of just dating because they met on the show. And I called BS, you know, from the beginning. I don't think anybody takes off their beautiful ring if they don't want to and or runs the risk of wanting to appear unengaged. (laughs) Because my argument would be, if you're going to do that, have him pick out and buy like a different ring. And then like you can keep the beautiful one as like an investment piece or sell it or give it to Doodle. I don't care. And then, you know, that would be fine. But like taking off the ring to me, it was pretty obvious. And just paired with, you know, Rick and Donna weren't around that much. Their alter egos, they just weren't, didn't seem to be having as much fun. They weren't on each other's stories. She was so MIA during the opening of Booth Camp, his gym. Great play on words. And, um, you know, the writing was on the wall, but I didn't want it to be because when they were happy, they were so happy. They were, I, they were my favorite Bachelor couple of the franchise. Like, because I really like Caitlyn, and I really think that in the world today, she would get a much better edit and a lot more empathy from the audience. And she was, she was dealt a tough hand. And I think she's funny and irreverent and was brave to um, be so herself in a time when we, the nation did not want herself. The nation wanted a cookie cutter bachelorette. And, um, you know, I, I, I get a little bored of a podcast. It is too many country music stars and I don't care. Um, but I do think she's funny and charming and she is just the cutest little narrow shouldered thing. And, you know, I love Baca girl. Um, but you know, I just, I'm, I really want to know what happened. I feel like everyone's guess is like probably true. Obviously, like sometimes things don't work out. People change, things happen. From my perspective, I really think Sean was trying to make a career for himself. He was a personal trainer, which is great. But I think then you're faced with this dilemma when you, you get a platform. is you know, 945,000 Instagram followers last I checked. And I love how I say that as if it's like, I don't know. It's a rough estimate. No idea. I haven't looked lately. Nope. I uh, definitely looked uh, very recently because I was like, how big did he get from this process? You know, like... Did he change? And um, anyway, I think he's a personal trainer. He wanted to be more of an entrepreneur and have a more established situation for his family. And he tried that app and he tried the meals and all this stuff. And I just don't know if it was landing. I just, fitness is a hard thing. And like, yeah, there's the Kayla Cenas of the world. But honestly, 
I just, I don't know. Even her program, it's not rocket science. It's just like eat a lot less and work out a lot more. Do a lot of burpees. Have a miserable existence. Um, but, and it's like her fame, I swear, is just rooted in her very tan, slim body and ability to look cute and not like busy Phillips <laughs> during a workout. I'm sorry, guys. I don't need to see you doing a plank and sweat dripping off your face on Instagram. Like, everybody told me to follow Busy Phillips. I like her as a person. I think she's cute. I, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't like the workout snaps. And like, I'm seeing a ton of people lately that are doing these dance classes, which I think is brilliant. I've always said if I ever, if there was like an ideal exercise for me, it would be that I could go to a class and my, I could pick a music video from the past or that recently came out that I love and the workout would be me being taught that so I'd be like today I want to be Beyonce you know run the girls who runs the world and then I'd be like you know single ladies obviously and then I'd be like Britney Spears I'm a slave for you not the video at the VMAs I already know oops I did it again um you know if I wanted a really low low exertion workout it could be like today I want Mandy Morse candy take me to a skate park I'll go on a ramp with a VW buggy and I'll basically just swing my hips and stomp my right foot um it's it really you, you could do anything I mean JLo would be fun to recreate who else who else like dances a lot it's funny because like today's starlets aren't dancers really uh you know Ariana Taylor uh, Camille Camila Dua Lipa like you know how I feel about the talent we're dealing with today it's just like I don't know just a bunch of people singing the same chorus over and over not a lot of meat that's why I'm obsessed with Ariana Grande's thank you next that's a great example of me being a reacher is I just I, I extract so much depth from that very simple song but I think the world is too I think we're all pretty on board with it um okay let me backtrack in my head for a second okay so i was talking about the artist i was talking about dancing oh yeah so there's there's studios like this now where you learn dances but you don't have to be a dancer and um they i've noticed a lot of people and i don't know if it's for promo like maybe they get a discount for videotaping it but they put their phone on the floor and like film themselves and the people around them dancing and then post it to you know 50 plus thousand followers like it's a lot of people and I'm just like oh my god I would be so pissed I'd be like okay I'm really branching out here I never work out I just want to be like you know figure out the moves for like get it get it get it get it huh get it get it get it get oh yeah from I'm a slave for you I you know I don't have a fake snake and I just, you know, I'm really being brave and putting myself out there. And I'm already self-conscious about you strangers judging me. And now I feel like the internet knows that I'm here. And that's so embarrassing. Because what if one of my friends follows you and I told them, you know, that I had a doctor's appointment or was it still at work? And they see me just like shaking my hips wildly to Shakira's whenever, wherever. That's, you know, not a great look. And I just think people need to be mindful of even if, you know, you want your promotion, maybe go in a corner where nobody can see anybody else. I would assume you'd have to get permission, right? Kind of like you have to get a release form for TV. Instagram, I'd argue many people have a broader reach than a small offhanded television show. But anyway, 
neither here nor there. Okay, so why was I talking about exercise classes? Oh, busy Phillips, too much sweating. Oh, crap, guys, I might have to <laughs> listen back. Oh, Caitlin and Sean. Oh, yeah, I, I think he, from when he trained for the triathlon to him opening booth camp, he is, like, a super dedicated, like, almost workaholic, but for a bunch of things that don't quite land, and then the pressure builds up, and he wants to, you know, max out his fame while it's there, and he keeps trying different avenues to monetize and use his skill set, and, like, so he feels pressure kind of as, like, a provider and, you know, just a person that needs income. They have a nice house, and, you know, I think Caitlin makes pretty good money from her podcast and stuff. And um, I could see it in her face, in her eyes, in her voice when he was training for the, oh, no, not the triathlon, the Ironman, that she was just so annoyed and so over it. And, you know, I don't know if this is controversial. If you're a runner, turn this off. Um, I, it's hard for me to understand or feel sympathy for people whose lives are greatly put on hold, whose loved ones are put to the back burner who can't have fun or enjoy anything because they are training for something entirely elective in an unprofessional capacity that's not going to generate any income. It's just simply like a bucket list item or a thing they want to do just because. To, you know, want to spend time with your fiancé and plan a wedding and be together and, you know, enjoy moving, you're living in a new country, you probably don't have that many friends when they first moved to Nashville, all that stuff. And then to spend like all your time swimming in the river and like biking around, it's just like, really? I mean, I get it. Like, that's cool. And you can say you did it. And I know it's your hobby, but a hobby is supposed to be part time. And training for these things is like so arduous and so full time. And like, for what? It's, it's so hard on your body. It's hard on the people around you. I'm sure the adrenaline is awesome when you finish, but, like, just jump out of a plane then. I watched Kendall and Scott do it last night. It looked riveting. It was actually pretty scary. Scott still is the best character on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It was the episode where Chloe finds out that Tristan was creeping when she was in labor, and if you listen to the episode I recorded entitled Auntie Chris, It's Me, Todd Cranes, uh, where I was mad about several other things that week having to do with men. Uh, I believe it was, like, my old landlord, somebody my sister was dating, and uh, I forget who else. There was, like, a, uh, there was a ragey period in my podcast. Um, I, I, for one, cannot go back and listen, but I just know that I was pretty mad on Chloe's behalf. Because I feel like, you know, as, as a population, we've, we're largely team Chloe. She's not really done anything too polarizing. She's not as rude as Courtney. She's more relatable. She, you know, is always up for hijinks. She was, she's always filming when the other girls, like, don't want to. She's supportive. She, you know, can be harsh but has a good heart and would be a great mother and has dealt with, you know, a lot of issues with men. And my point during the podcast was, like, for today, I am not going to talk about how Chloe needs to pick non-basketball players. I'm not going to talk about how she should have learned from Lamar, how, you know, she should have seen this coming because he just had a baby with another woman like once a cheater always a cheater those are easy narratives and they're tired and they're not moving the needle so at that point I was like just be better men for the love of God like let's stop trying to like rationalize and point fingers at the woman who is innocent in all of this 
who's in a very dire situation, despite, you know, even though she's famous and has a lot of money and blah, 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 you know, as a human, that's a literal torturous situation. And uh, I just don't get, like, just don't be in a relationship. If you're going to cheat and make out with chicks in clubs and be creepy and go out when your significant other's in labor and be like a total jackass, just don't be in a relationship. Nobody's holding a gun to your head. Like, I just don't get bad people, bad guys. Like, I see so many stories about these guys in these, you know, Facebook groups and stuff I'm in. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How, how, how are these people even operating on this planet? they get get away with too much and I just am like we can stop you know going after famous people that we see and like sleeping with people you know are in relationships because like literally any chick sleeping with him you know knows that he and Chloe are dating and you know wanted a good story and also you know I so I do put some accountability on people that knowingly get with people in relationships zero tolerance it's 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 not cool it's not cute it's not the man's decision it's it's like yeah, you can say all you want, you know, that, you know, he's a big boy and he can make his own decisions and you have nothing to do with his relationship and you just can go off of your own experience. But you could also just like not be a shitty person and, you know, just sleep with somebody else. Like, that'd be cool, too. Just just a just a wild thought. Like, can we just not be such attention seeking? Like, I don't know. Like it, it's 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 just it's just sad. It's sad, and the the attention-seeking behavior of both parties involved. Because like you have a lovely girlfriend with a very powerful and rich family who you know you could have a great future with, and that who is fine with you spending a lot of time without her, etc. I'm like going out is fine, being with friends is fine, but like is it just that hard to not? like make out with chicks in public in a club like he's sloppy about it too i just i don't get it i just really don't get it um anyway so that she like uh instagram something kind of emotional saying like this is going to be hard for me to watch etc etc um i wish we filmed more in real time because like a lot has happened in the past seven months and i feel very differently now and da, da, da. but it was very hard to watch how calm they all were it was interesting to see how they found out i wasn't sure if it was all real or acting like part of me was thinking that they put kendall and scott back in the car in the same outfits to recreate that scene um i felt like kim and kendall were almost laughing and i know courtney has that thing where when she's uncomfortable or angry she smiles and i know some people have that which that's tough for you and i'm sorry because that would be very off-putting to me um but i don't know i just i felt like they should have been madder and maybe they weren't surprised but i would i mean maybe i'm uh, maybe i'm too reactive i if that happened to my sister i mean like uh, you guys heard me my sister like was just broken up with in a semi-reasonable way but i just thought the the, the timing and the action and the way it went about was slightly inappropriate so i costed a grown man on venmo because that's the only way i could access it <laughs> they were just like yeah there was a video of tristan yeah Someone needs to tell Chloe, hey, Coax, you okay? Yeah, I'll get on a plane. Yeah, it's my high school reunion though, and like I've been dying to go. I know this is the worst day of your life and you're crowning, but you know, I really did love sophomore year and I wanna see my former gal pals and be like, hey, look how famous I am now. And I was just like, Kim, go, oh my God, go to Cleveland. Shut up about your high school reunion. What's so funny is like, everyone knows what you look like. Everyone keeps up with you. If I went to, 
high school with a Kardashian, I, I would keep pretty close tabs. I, I'd be trying to resurrect that relationship in nonstop. But anyway, what are you going to do? Anyway, guys, very serious question for you. And if you have a, a, a distinct thought on this, please let me know. DM me, email me, whatever. Um, that is this better than nothing? Is not my nonsensical, unplanned rambling, which I know I do most of the time. But you know, in my head, I try to think of what I'm going to talk about. I sit down, I calm down. I usually delete out any of my complaining, or you know, things that are a little too insular to be interesting to other people. But then, like when I'm I could podcast like all the time if I did it like this with it on my shirt while I work and do other things. But then I fear, you know, the quality's not great. It's too all over the place. It's too rambly. It's sound quality's not as good. And or I don't know. It's like it's sloppy. And I don't want to lose people having an occasional good episode and then like sloppy offhanded ones. But I, for one, when I really like a podcast or, you know, find a person tolerable, I'll, I kind of just enjoy listening to whatever they put out, like regardless of content. And I'd rather them do something that maybe they're not as, you know, proud of, but that I can still have the consistency. So just let me know how you feel about that, because I can do kind of these. I should like name this type of podcast. Um, I can do these more and not be as sparse when I'm busy and. Or I can, you know, just wait till I can do something actually of good quality because, um, you know, I'm nothing if not self-conscious of wasting your time. So I know you can turn this off, but I'm fearful that you turn it off and never come back. That would be horrible. So just let me know. Um, I, uh, what else happened? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about ad nauseum. I mean, I, if I never know if people like follow me on Instagram because I don't want to be redundant, but, um, you know, I also can't ignore major world events like Ariana and Pete making statements on Saturday in their own way. I'm just kidding. Not a world major world event, but an event in my world. Nonetheless, it, uh, Pete made a joke that I thought was pretty innocuous on an SNL promo being like, uh, to Maggie being like, hey, will you marry me? As a joke, like he proposes to people the second they meet that I thought was pretty funny and not in poor taste. Sorry, I felt the noise in the background. Um, he's, he's a comedian. Like, and you can't, you can't decide to make your relationship so incredibly public and then all of a sudden, you know, cry wolf for privacy when you dragged us all in. So now we, we got to get out. You, we, you got to pull us out with you. We need closure. We need to move on. And I think when people don't give that closure, they're making it worse on themselves. And yeah, I'm, I'm not entitled to everything, but I am entitled to some stuff. And I'm so tired of these BS PR statements. Like we, we ask you to respect our privacy at this time. Have, have any of you ever respected somebody's privacy at this time? Like, no, that statement's not going to make me respect your privacy. If you want me to respect your privacy, then, you know, don't come knocking on my door when you need to sell a ticket to something. <sighs> that said, I, you know, I, I like my privacy, but I'm not uh, making millions of dollars off of you. When I do, you know, I'll open up a little more. Um, but anyway, I thought the joke wasn't that big of a deal. And she said something on Twitter like, for somebody that's so concerned about relevancy. Actually, wait, I feel like I've paraphrased a lot of stuff this episode. Let me actually find it. It says, for somebody who claims to hate relevancy, you sure love clinging to it, huh? And then she deleted the tweet. 
what stood out to me is that I, I was kind of like, is relevancy right? I, isn't it relevance or relevant? So, of course, I looked it up and then I read how um, Webster's Dictionary put out like a press release that uh, the searches for the word relevancy went up 5,600% that day, which made me laugh because we all know what relevant means. But I think we were all like, that, that, sounds, that sounds weird. That, that, that sounds like an irregardless sitch. But it is a word. So I would have worded that tweet differently to kind of, you know, make it sting. Uh, also, like, you both care a ton about relevance. <laughs> like, she hasn't taken a, missed a beat. She hasn't stepped off social media once. She's just in full promo mode since they got engaged. So I don't really know. But anyway. I was kind of like, okay, Ari, let's not get into this, you know, Calvin Harris a la June 2016 garbage over the Nils Soberg pseudonym controversy where Taylor Swift's team put out that she actually wrote this is what you came for without telling Calvin and he felt like it was kind of not cool which I mean I still don't really get why he would care but also I think that if you listen to this is what you came for and gorgeous pretty similar concept baby this is what you came for lightning strikes every time she moves and everybody's watching her but she's looking at you and then the words are like um we go fast at the games we play who knows why it's got to be this way like why is that like you know what way what way random club person oh are you in a secret romance oh secret moments in a crowded room they got no idea about me and you interesting Yeah, yeah yeah um and I think Taylor wrote it about a girl, and it's very similar to, like, The Gorgeous Night. Oh, yeah. Um, who knows why it's got to be this way. We say nothing more when we leave. I say your place when we leave. I don't know. So it's, like, it's, it's, it's very Taylor, and it's very, um, I think sometimes she gives her songs that she writes with female pronouns away. <laughs> That's my theory. Um, but anyway, so then... Ariana Grande, like in two seconds, records a song called Thank You Next, which is like better than any song on Sweetener. And I love it. And I never love a song when I hear it first. And it's not like I'm going to like dance at the club to this or like, you know, windows down, be cruising to this for decades. But I, I like the message. And she, and she thanks all of her exes by name, which I'm into all in 100%. If like, that's what I wanted. I'm like, okay, let's not pretend like this didn't happen. You were in public relationships. Let's just acknowledge it. And in her doing that, I I got closure. And at first I was like, okay, is this sarcastic? Is she like, because she says, I'm so effing grateful for my ex. And I was like, is this a little mix? Shout out to my ex situation where you're thanking them like semi insincerely because you're also insulting them. But no, she's not because then the next um, part is so sweet and moving and I really like. And she says, again, paraphrasing something like, one day I'll walk down the aisle holding hands with my mama and I'll be thanking my dad because she grew from the drama. Only want to do it once, want to make that shit last. Um, I forget, but it's basically like, I'll walk down the aisle and hold hands with my mom and my estranged father I'll thank because she, you know, even though he put my mom through a lot, let's thank her ex too because she grew a lot from it and that she only wants to get married once and wants it to last. And I was like, for a person that's just has such like a different lifestyle, like is so rich and so adored and could have anything in the world and 
I don't understand a lot of things she does or posts or why everything's upside down. Um, but I just love when I get to know people's hearts more. And I, something about that was so charming to me. And I know, and you know, every time she's with her Nona or talks about her grandpa or her mom, etc., I always really enjoy it. And um, I thought it was a sweet song that, and I know I said this on Instagram, but um, in case you don't follow me, I was saying that the reason I'm so drawn to it is because I think she could have taken the, the petty route the petty route could have been viral. She could have wrote and written like, you know, a more Taylor Swifty revenge song in her older style. And um, but she chose to be gracious and she chose to be civil and she chose to still have an edge in her own attitude, but not in a way that had to cut down anybody else. And I think that like this is me type songs, not this is me. I love this is me. It's flawless. I wouldn't touch it. But like, you know, when I think of breakup songs, Beyonce to the left, to the left, everything you own in a, in a box to the left, you know, I don't know why, but Jojo too little, too late's popping in my head. Um, you know, every Kelly Clarkson song, like Atlantis Morissette, you know, every great breakup anthem, like I love and have gotten me through the hardest times. But the theme is like, yes, go me. But it's also like, I'm better off F you. It's always a tone of you know, sassiness, insults, or, um, I don't know, just kind of a general, like, sense of artificial confidence. And I think sometimes when people hear those FU breakup anthems that we all love so much, it almost makes you feel worse. Because I remember listening to, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example, I guess, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone, or whatever. But I guess I listened to Irreplaceable a lot. And uh when she's like you know don't you ever get to thinking you're irreplaceable and it's like uh go ahead and get gone i'm gonna throw your stuff out on the lawn those are the lyrics and she's just like very like cut and dry and i remember being like god like i'm just i wish i could just be more empowered and feel stronger and not be sad like all these other girls just like put on jams and they're like screw it i'm going out with my girlfriends and i'm not gonna wallow but like i'm a wallower and i always just felt like the the songs were either super sad and like Damien Rice levels of depressing. I'd just listen to Cannonball and cry over some, you know, shrimp fried rice. Or it was, you know, a little bit, it was a little too much in an inflated ego buddy info quote about, you know, putting on lipstick and showing up anyway. And um, I think this song is great for her young followers because she's like she 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 basically she she shined a light on what you gain from loss she approached it from an angle of gratitude she rooted it back in herself when she says her name is ari i just melt because it goes from her you know talking about what she learned from her exes and then she talks about what she learned from herself now she's in a new relationship and it's gonna last because her name is ari and um, it's like, yeah, and I know that's not a new concept. You know, Carrie Bradshaw very famously said, the most important, significant, blah, 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 another buddy info quote, relationship you can ever have is the one you have with yourself. Like, we all get that. But I think this was like a very approachable, not overly artistic, not overly cliched, interesting way of doing it that hasn't really been done before in such a public level with such a public breakup. And... Um, I also was talking about, you know, if you've listened to, I think in the maybe second or third episode when I go on a rant about hyperbole, I, I, I have a level of, of confusion and discomfort with kind of the canceled culture we live in. I, I was talking about last night how I feel like there's, there's a really fine line between, you know, 
like comedy, like exaggeration for comedy's sake or like comical hyperbole and just the glorification of operating in extremes. Like, are you doing this to be funny or are we just in a world now where we're like dead, died, dying, tombstones, tombstone, 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 dagger, um, you know, and I say that because I think what could have been like the popular thing to do, what would have gotten her a lot of buzz, especially because her tour tickets just went up for sale, is, um, you know, to go the petty savage route. Because like we saw with, um, I, I honestly think this is all started from Kim Kardashian sharing those tapes about Taylor. When people started calling her a snake and they're saying R.I.P. Taylor Swift, it was just like horrible. And people were just like so, so stoked for her takedown. And we're just in this like weird takedown world that if I were young and dating, I'd be nervous to be vulnerable and open and and throw myself into a relationship because it's almost like, you know, you fear that you're not allowed to make human mistakes anymore because you'd get called out publicly. And I just like don't. I think that there are cases when you absolutely should and need to speak out of, my God, anything having to do with any, you know, abuse or something you're uncomfortable with or, you know, being taken advantage of or, you know, misuse of power. Like, I mean, truly anything related to something important or violating. Absolutely. But just in terms of like it not working out, being different people, people messing up, moving on, maturing, evolving. It's like you need to be in a lot of different relationships in order to know what you want. It's so hard to just empirically know what's right for you until you experience what's not. Sorry, I'm sure my voice is uh, really going in and out. Now I'm in a more echoey room. What was I talking about? Ariana Grande. I'm always talking about Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, her song being a good example. I, I mean, I don't know. This is why I've always loved Taylor Swift and why I just have always hated the narrative of her being a serial dater. Because serial daters are what are the examples we need to be setting so people don't marry the wrong person. Like I remember when at the 1989 concert, as you walked out of the stadium, the end quote is up on the, you know, Megatron is um, she lost him, but she found herself and somehow that was everything. And I felt this like intense wave come over me that I was, I was wanted every young girl in that audience to turn around and really read that statement and embrace it wholeheartedly. Because I think there's, it's really important to understand that the most invaluable aspect of like your future successful relationships is the very time you're able to get to know yourself. And those kind of like girls, the boyfriend girls and the people who sneeze and get commitment will never really know the depth of emotion required to really have true appreciation for finding someone worth it. And the people that, you know, are too scared to get out of a relationship so they choose to stay in it will never really know if their normal is exceptional or not. You need an, you, everything's relative. You need a norm. You need an average of experiences to really understand what's important to you. And I don't know. I just, I, I always look back at like my 16 year old, my 20 year old, my 22 year old, et cetera, self and think like, thank God she's not making decisions for me. And I think I've talked about this before, but like, I always put it in that context. Whenever, you know, I think it's the end of the world and I think I'm getting so old or I know what's best for me, the way I can kind of reset and be present is by 
thinking about how it felt this way when I was a lot younger, but knew a lot less. And I'm so glad that me in real time is able to control this and that me back then didn't make an irrevocable decision. I don't know. It's, it's, and it's not to discredit who I was, but to credit how I've evolved and how I'll continue to evolve and how thankful I am for living out my dreams and not making decisions based on someone else. Even though I met Greg when I was younger, I think that when I was even younger, when I was upset about not being in relationships and people not liking me and getting broken up with all the time. And if you listen to my journals, you know this very well. I, I don't know. I, I just think I was, I was in a place where I would have probably made decisions based on somebody else had it been requited. And now I just want to personally thank every guy who wasn't interested in me, but for providing me the fuel I needed to make major changes. And, um, you know, I probably just in effort to, you know, have a boyfriend like everyone else to have the companionship, to not feel alone, to feel like confidence to, you know, I wouldn't have rocked the boat. I probably would have stayed in an okay relationship when I was a lot younger. And I'm just so glad that when I didn't have the strength to get out myself, that the people I was dating didn't like me enough. (laughs) Actually, some of the people I, I really like resent and I have dreams about like, like, you know, giving them a piece of my mind. Um, you know, real, real tough stuff, real haunting hill house stuff. <laughs> but um, anyways, my point is more young women need an example of somebody who doesn't have a guard up, who loves hard, who learns a lot, assesses if it's right for them, and then moves on accordingly. We need to start praising women for having the gumption and maturity and the foresight to not marry the wrong person. Because denial is easy. And hedging your bets on yourself when you don't know the outcome is what's hard. And even though she's a pop star and could have anybody in the world, I'd argue that for her, a divorce would probably be just as easy as a marriage. But I think it's a great example of like, yeah, sometimes we are impulsive and we love intensely and we can have a lot of boyfriends and we can move on quickly. But, you know, we're we're learning something. We're gaining more than we're losing. And, you know, I'm proud of I'm proud of Ari. I just really respected that she used it as an example of not being uh, quote unquote savage or petty because I just struggle sometimes with the glorification of those qualities which are largely not positive qualities and I just think sometimes in this like yes queen world where when people are harsh or petty or overly blunt and honest or bordering on hurtful it makes people laugh and then you know if the other person appears to be in the wrong it's okay but the reality is, like, there's two sides to every story. We don't always know the context. And, like, do we got to cancel everybody? And what frustrates me, too, is, like, this weekend with Alec Baldwin. Like, Jesus Christ, how many times can we give this guy another chance? Like, who, who in the zeitgeist is deciding who gets canceled <clears throat> versus who we just ign- choose to ignore terrible behavior and disrespectful behavior? To women, to children, to the strangers. I mean, it, you know, back in the day, he called his 10-year-old daughter a, a pig and, like, left that horrible voicemail. He, you know, beats up paparazzi. He punched a man in the face this weekend. He has this horrible track record, yet, like, you know, is given the most prime spot on SNL instead of the other castmates who've worked their whole lives to be there and who are, like, you know, I just think it's kind of crappy that nobody on the cast... is allowed to have those big parts they always bring in like either old uh um cast members 
or like heavy hitters, which is cool. And I, if, you know, whatever, like obviously he's a really good actor. I'm obsessed with 30 Rock. I know he's talented and I know his comic, comedic timing and all of that is, is otherworldly, but also he's kind of a jerk. And I just don't get why we don't care more that he is one. And I think maybe just our expectations are managed. Um, but like Ariana Grande like licked a donut once and was like briefly canceled. Um, but like Alec Baldwin's just like straight up assaulting people. And I don't know, he, his, his show is still gonna air this, or did air last night, like his show wasn't canceled. Like truly things get canceled based on speculation and his stays on the air with fact. It's very strange to me. Um, I think maybe people are scared of him. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Just that I appreciate Ariana Grande not dragging Pete. I don't think that is necessary. And I think he's a person that does not need to be dragged and would not do well with it. And um, but then, like, you know, there's always that small part of me that's just like. OK, this like there we know that her manager introduced them. He said it on Stern. We know that they, you know, got in this relationship right when her album came out. He promoted the crap out of this relationship for SNL. He now is a much bigger part on SNL. And uh, she, not only like when they first got together, was she launching a perfume, then she launched her album and has, you know, had singles coming out over the past, you know, several months. Then they break up and all this happens and she writes this song and they both publicly make a statement and are back in the news when her tour uh, tickets go on sale. They, they literally went on sale yesterday. Like right after that song, and, and what's crazy is that song made me think about her so differently, and like her a lot more, and consider going to her concert. Which before, actually, I've been to an Ariana Grande concert, and I thought she phoned it in. Compared to Taylor Swift, she just really gave zero Fs. And um, and Little Mix opened for her, who are so incredible live. Like Ariana, obviously, her voice is unmatched, but Perry Edwards is pretty damn strong vocally, and they. Um, are good dancers and entertainers. And Ariana just kind of like scuttled around stage in her thigh high boots and oversized sweatshirt that was off of one shoulder. I believe it was a zip up hoodie with her high pony. And I think she, cause her voice is so good. She doesn't do a lot of theatrics, but like her and Justin Bieber hands down are the most phoned in concerts I've ever seen. Like they're just like, you know, I just felt like it was a job and they had to be there. Whereas Taylor Swift, whether she feels it or not, is so good at making you feel important. And like she really genuinely appreciates that you're there. <laughs> and that makes a difference. So again, gratitude. I think it's important. I think, you know, when something becomes a new normal, it's very hard to maintain that perspective and to see the silver lining. But I do think that even though it's great to be funny and it's great to entertain your followers and to appear to be a strong, independent woman that stands up for herself, and is you know all yes queening but it's also like really cool to be a nice forgiving person that sees value in experience and that can teach people that you don't have to operate in extremes and that you can make the right decisions for yourself and you don't have to marry everybody you date and you know if you get into something quickly and you want to get out of it you can you have free will and she did it just didn't work out and I think that's awesome too many people just keep going with the wedding maybe I will just close out uh thank you next I think it's also a great catchphrase. Tennessee values has not, you know, had the legs I thought it would. People don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what they're talking about if they haven't seen 
and read in great detail Taylor Swift's political post, but hey, what are you going to do? I'm, I'm a little bit ready for her to stop putting up photos of people who voted on her story. Like, I get it. We, re- we really get it. You want us to vote. I, I also, you know, trust me, I understand the importance of getting people to vote. I understand that it's a good thing for celebrities to be doing, you know, all things considered. Like, it's not hurting anybody to get out this message. But, like, <laughs> there's just there's a level of saturation where I'm just like, guys, I know I'm going to vote. And you're honestly kind of making me feel stupid. <laughs> like, I feel like a lot of it's patronizing. I feel like, you know, they're just like, hi, all you unfamous dum-dums that don't get to the polls. This is the most important election of our life. Have you heard? Have you heard about the midterms? Yeah, they're a thing. Let me tell you about this very basic principle of American civics that, you know, I didn't go to college and barely graduated high school, but you, you educated person that follows me on Instagram that does care about her nation and and does vote, let me tell you this very basic concept. I'm just like, come on. I I don't know. I I know that there's young people and impressionable people that need it, but... uh, you know, I just think we're, we're pretty clear on what, what you want here. And the people that are going to are going to. The people that are going to in vain just so they can say they didn't put up a sticker. I mean, I guess that's fine. Um, I guess the point is just to get people there. Uh, but also, you know, I just would hope. It's like, yeah, fixing the symptoms and not the root cause. Like, the root cause is like, why do you fundamentally lack interest in the direction of your country and the policies being made that affect you and your children and humanity. <laughs> like, it's just a pretty basic question. Like, what do you, do you think the process is too hard? Do you not know how to register? Do you not know where your precinct is? Do you feel like you'll be nervous once you get there? Do you feel like you don't know enough? Do you, I mean, like, what is it? I, I think, like, we just need to do some market research on, on, um, why people don't take more pride in it and i when i there was an election like right when i turned 18 i think i forget and i didn't vote and i to this day i like wake up and have a pit about it in my stomach because i'm like why didn't i vote but i think i was like out of town and i didn't like think about it and i just i don't know i I was young and had other things on my mind and maybe at that time if like Taylor Swift told me to vote I would have actually like spent time for it because I would have just like felt guilty even though I probably still didn't care but I think sometimes it it takes you being like affected by issues to take action I think sometimes you just mature and like make time for the things that matter and you really think through things a little bit more and um you know who, it doesn't matter if you did or didn't in the past. All that matters is that, you know, you choose, you choose to take advantage of the privilege you have to have input. And if you don't want to, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. Because, <laughs> like, even, even if you're disenchanted by all candidates, you not voting isn't going to make none of them win. So find the one that you hate the least <laughs> amount about, you know, it's just, it's just funny, funny logic uh, that I'm hearing sometimes. But anyway, gang, I- I'm not trying to vote shame again. I don't I don't like what people I don't like how, it, you know, Amy Schumer seems to think I'm a total dumbass and says the same things over and over. But uh, I 
you know, I, I do like to discuss some of like the deeper meanings. I think it's very interesting um, to think about what motivates people and why. But anyway, I hope everybody has a good week. Um, I don't know. Again, the the book is in transit uh, somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. It was supposed to be delivered tomorrow, and now we don't know like it's the weirdest part about this publishing thing is like i just i don't know when they're actually going to be sent tomorrow is its official release date but i'm gonna try to kind of pump the brakes on promo a because i don't want to be tone deaf during the election bigger things to talk about tomorrow like stephen colbert's book or joanna gaines's book i'm just kidding about midterms um but also i don't it's, it allegedly is going to show up as sold out and not available for one to three months. And I do not want people's first touch point with the book seeing that and then forgetting about it because the highest chance of conversion is, I think, at that you know, first impression. And uh, so I was like all ramping up for this week to be super crazy, but now I don't even know what's going on. I'm going absolutely crazy. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, it's just, I care so much, too much. It just, I, I have so much at stake. I have taking off so much time and put in so much effort into this and stepped away from a lot of my regular job and income for it. And I just, I just need, I need a win gang. I need a win. So, um, we'll see what happens, but hopefully next week I'll have great news for you. Hopefully next week I can actually put out the episode where I explain how it came about and I read part of it, but I wasn't doing that yet because I wanted you to read it first. So assuming that if you, you know, listen to this podcast, you're tossing me that $14.95, but if not, no big deal. Just, you know, wait to order it till it's actually available. If you get an email that says you'll, and you pre-ordered and it says you'll get this in one to three months, that is not true. You'll get it in like one to two weeks. I just don't know what date and I've not even seen it yet. So, and actually if you were planning on ordering the book when it came out anyway, uh, ordering it this week would help me out. What I'm trying not to do is drive new traffic. Because if it's the first, you know, touch point, like I said, with the book and you see it's not available for a while, even though it's incorrect, it's, it's, you're turned away and then your kind of peak point of awareness is gone. But if you, you guys obviously are already aware of it. Um, so if you're going to buy it anyway, buying it this week actually would help me out big time because uh, my sales data is going to just look so bad. <laughs> um even though it's not, it should be front loaded with the pre-orders, but because it's showing up as sold out, it won't count. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just so upsetting on so many levels. And I think I have an ulcer and I, and the bottom line is I'm, I'm, I really think it's good. And I'm really proud of it. And I really wanted to do well. And I wanted to give it the best chance for success and it's just not going smoothly. And it's so disappointing and I need to learn to relinquish control. And I'm hoping there's a reason that it's coming out later and that the launch will be a lot more dispersed than, you know, a singular synergized uh, burst. Um, my publisher keeps saying, you know, constellations, not comets. But, you know, I am one for a long, fiery tail and a bold, fast launch. So I guess, I, you know, isn't that life that we just got to be comfortable with constellations? There's no one rush of a moment when your life changes. You just keep building and then one thing connects to the other, connects to the other, and eventually, you know, you have a giant ladle in the sky. <laughs> um, but anyway, all that aside, my misery aside, I really am excited and I'm hoping to kind of snap out of this and because I'm, I'm so excited for this weekend for the launch in Chicago. 
Oh, we're doing some press this week. Tori and I will be on Windy City Live on Wednesday. I'm recording this Monday. I'm just praying I get the books in before our uh, release party this week in Chicago. And um, hopefully if you want to come, you already emailed me. A lot of you gave me emails that bounced back, so I don't know if you were trolling me or if your email doesn't work. Um, but you can always email contact at bethereinvive.com if you want to come. It's Saturday. And I'm really excited to meet some of you guys. I'm excited for my family to be in town. I'm excited to read some of the book and to tell people a little bit more about it and to just kind of, even though it's only a couple hours, it's in one of my favorite locations in the city, a place I wrote a lot of it, a place I've gone to on a lot of hard days. And uh, it, it's, it's hard sometimes to celebrate the things we do and to feel deserving of honoring our efforts. And for a moment, I'm going to stop saying it's not a big deal, and I'm going to stop saying a lot of people have written books. I'm going to stop saying, you know, I don't know how it's going to do and qualifying or nuancing everything I say just because I don't like to seem like I'm full of myself or narcissistic or whatever, and I want to manage my own expectations. But for a moment, I'm going to be very proud, and I am going to be very honored that people would want to come share in the project and in the moment with me and I'm going to channel the me that won the poetry contest from the Richmond Times Dispatch in seventh grade that stood up at the borders books and music reading my poem beautiful about inner beauty which I wrote because I did not feel beautiful at the time but I wrote about how everyone is beautiful no matter what not because of style or a new haircut I mean really really bushly rhyming but I wrote about how people are painting their faces and buying lots of clothes and trying to conceal their true selves that nobody knows and it's like this really intense poem for a 12 year old but um I just have been doing this for so long and uh, it'll be a, an honor and a privilege and a really great moment for me to do it for the first time in a professional capacity to what used to just be a hobby that was very uncool. <laughs> I, uh, you know, there's many days when I questioned why I didn't, you know, play youth soccer a little longer and let that, you know, the, the darkness of my days as a goalie just standing there and crying when I let the ball pass me because I thought it was just a job where I got to stand still. You know, I wish that didn't get the best of me sometimes because all my cool friends were playing soccer when I was at poetry readings. But you know what? My prize was that I got a $30 gift card to Borders Books and Music. And to this day, I cannot, I, pre, I think, now I'm thinking it was the Faith, Faith Hill album with this kiss with um, uh, If My Heart Had Wings. Um, oh, what's that really good slow? I mean, it was, it was her true best album. It, it is a Hallmark album that is indispensable to the late 90s. Oh my God. Should I play Faith Hill? I'm torn. Actually, I'm going to. I love this song. I don't think it was a single. Oh, Breathe. Oh, and Let's Make, what is it? Let's Make Love that she did with Tim McGraw. That is a little much. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was on the same CD. What was that? I guess the CD might've been called Breathe, but if you're not familiar with If My Heart Had Wings, it's, um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a very upbeat, happy song with a great, like you know, galloping melody is what I would call it. Uh, they used to listen to constantly on my ginormous stereo in my childhood bedroom after reading my poetry aloud. So, hope you enjoyed as much as I do. I do believe she talks about having stars in her eyes at one point. So, you know, I love a full circle moment, but. Um, 
anyway, as always, please subscribe, review, rate uh, five stars if you don't mind. When you get my book, if you can rate it five stars and then send me a picture of or like a screenshot showing me proof that you reviewed it on Amazon, I will I am going to be doing something to reward you. Uh, and don't forget to, you know, ask to join our Facebook group. And on Patreon, you can get bonus episodes for a dollar a month. And I know it's like annoying to have another subscription each month. And like, sure, when it hits your card, you're like, oh, I've subscribed to so many things, but you have no idea what that one dollar means to me. And it's like, those are the people propelling this podcast because I've been busy and stressed and I've had like a tough few months uh, foregoing consistent income in favor of doing something that I have no idea how it'll turn out. you know, just having those stakeholders has made all the difference. So to the Patreon people, thank you so much. And as I've always told you, if I ever make it big, you will be the people I pay out. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, I hope everybody has a great week and reach out as with feedback or thoughts on this episode. And um, as always, let me know your thoughts and I will let you know mine. I'll be there in five, I swear. I jump all these mountains and take to the skies. Sail through the heavens with stars in my eyes. If my heart had wings, I would fly to you and lie beside you as you dream. If my heart had Get what you need Feeling you near me With so many miles in between